everyone! Welcome back to my Crazy Beautiful Podcast by Erica G. That's me! Today, um, I it's been a little while since I recorded something. My parents were in town. And even though I do have time to record, it was kind of complicated because there was always a lot of noise in my house. So they sadly left but I'm able to start recording again, so I'm excited. I wasn't sure what to talk about um, because I've, I have so many things in my head that I want to talk about uh, that I think are extremely important. But one of the things that really, really um, has been in my mind has been our children. I was uh, listening to this podcast. Probably a lot of you already listened to it because it's... it's um, it's really cool. It's called Crime Junkie. And I was listening to this specific podcast. And I know it's kind of random, but I thought it was very important um, when I listened to it because I think a lot of us are guilty as parents of leaving our children um, asleep, even though we might be... Um, in the next, in the neighbor's house, or when we're on vacation, uh, we let them let them sleeping in the room while we go get a quick bite. Usually, I have stayed in some all inclusive hotels, which I haven't done with my kids, but I am planning on doing one. And in this story, and specifically, this few families got together and went to this um, all inclusive resort in Portugal. And they were staying, I don't know if it was six or seven nights. And their routine was at night, they would put the kids to sleep around, I think, eight o'clock. I I don't recall exactly what time, but they would put them at eight o'clock. And they would, it was an all-inclusive resort. So they would go walk two minutes to the restaurant and eat with all their friends. So all their friends would leave their kids asleep in the rooms and then they would go in and um, have a quick bite and drinks or whatever at night. And they did this for five days in a row. And on the sixth day, when they came back to the room, one of their kids was missing. And they weren't exactly sure who did it and they never were able, well, I'm not going to like spoil it, but The thing is, where I wanted to get is that somebody is always watching. And I know it kind of sounds like I'm being paranoid and maybe my anxiety is the one that's kicking in. But I thought about it because I'm like, I, we sometimes think that nothing is ever going to happen to us. That happens to everybody else but us. Like, but we are never, never this happens to us. It happens to other people. So it just made me think that we have to be more alert. We have to be um, checking our kids more often and not be like, oh, they'll be fine or I'll run to the store and they're going to be okay. And I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we need to be a little bit more careful on watching a little bit more our kids, especially when they're young. And yeah, it, I just, it caught my eye when I, my ear or whatever, <laughs> when I was listening to it. I'm like, you know, it's not like I've left my kids alone completely, but um, I have left them asleep to run really quick to the store and grab something. 
And especially on vacation when you don't know who's watching, I just think that it's important to keep an eye on. I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> it, it, it has to do with kids, what I'm going to talk about. But I just thought about that and I'm like, I'm going to share that. I hope you guys understood. Anyways, if you want to listen to it, it's in Crime Junkie. Um, I can uh, post the link that they have about it. But it's it's. I listen to a lot of those stories. I don't want to get paranoid about things, but I do want to be informed and kind of like um, share a little bit more of um, awareness that we do have to be looking. And... One of the things that I do want to talk about today that I thought it was really important because I have an almost 15-year-old daughter and I was, I don't know, I was thinking, what is one of the things that I would have liked somebody else to tell me? And listen, I do have two older sisters that have teenage kids and one of them, I think it's a little, she's a little too lenient with her kids and the other one, I think she's too strict with her kids. So I always wanted to be kind of more in between, not too strict, not too lenient. And my first child, my first girl, um, she has already, she's, I've already talked about her many times, but she's always been like a little adult. So I didn't really think that I needed to be more of a parent with her and she was all, always very good and, and, and she is still very good, but obviously she's a kid. And I, and I can say it now, I did the mistake of giving my oldest daughter a phone when she was very young. She was, I believe, in fourth or fifth grade. And as a new parent, I gave her a phone and I didn't put any parental controls. And yes, you're going to think, how can you do that? How can you just give her a phone and not put any parental controls. The thing is that I was blind. I thought, I know my kid. She is not going to be abusing the phone. And she's going to do exactly what I tell her to do. Because that's what she does all the time. So I was very naive to thinking that, oh, it happens to other people, but not to me. And so, first, I remember I think it was in fifth grade, actually, I gave it to her. But I do recall that she would even lose the phone. Sometimes I would try to call her. And the whole reason why I gave her the phone is because she was the oldest. And they would ride the bus. And I was kind of one of, one of those nervous moms that always wants to know where their kids are. So I could pin the phone wherever it was. I could call her and ask her whatever I wanted um, when they were getting on and off the bus, I would I know exactly where my kids were. And, you know, a lot of the parents that do give their kids phones is because of that. They want to check up on them. And I gave her the phone for that purpose. But she would keep losing it or keep it would keep dying because she would forget to charge it. Um, and she would leave it in her backpack for days or sometimes she would even forget it at home. And um. So I was like, she doesn't even care about the phone. And a few months before she, well, she turned 13, 13 in May. And I started noticing that around July-ish, August of that same year that she was 13, 
I started noticing patterns. Um, she would be more on her phone. Um, she would, oh, every time she wanted to sit in the front, and she's going to tell me, Mom, you're throwing me under the bus. You're exposing me. Anyways, <laughs> she would always want to sit, sit in the front seat, and she started wanting to sit in the back seat. Um, she would kind of, every time I would get close to her, she would kind of hide her phone. And it started to make me wonder. And I remember telling my husband, I don't know, there's something going on. And she was being more quiet. Obviously, she was going, she was starting her teenage years and, and that all changes. But she started getting into social media without our permission. And you, I, I, I'm not... I do not like social media for kids. I've already expressed that many, many times. I do not like it. And so we we checked her phone and yes, she was getting into social media and and um in the internet and stuff like that. And so it made me think like I was I thought I'm like since I had already told her you cannot get social media, you cannot get into the internet, you you know all those things. I assumed that she wasn't going to do it and that I didn't have to check her phone. But I did have to. We do have to. We cannot just leave a phone to a child and not check it. And I do, she does tell me sometimes, well, my friend's parents don't check their phones, do not have controls or, or anything of that. And I do wanted to talk about this because it is extremely important to be checking our kids' phones and not just give a phone to a kid and without having any type of parental controls or anything because it's just not okay. Like you follow a simple Instagram account of, you know, an artist or a, a singer or famous public figure and they post their pictures, but then once they start posting their pictures in the bottom, in the feet, in the comments, um, I don't know if any of you have noticed, they start putting links of porn. And sometimes kids, they don't even know what it is and they start clicking on things because they see, you know, that somebody's is not the artist who's putting it, but other people putting their stuff. And so it is extremely important to be on top of that. And I didn't understand that because obviously she was my first daughter and I really didn't think about it. But I, one of the things that I do, um, that I started doing after that, is keep their phones away at night. I always have her take the phone, her Apple Watch, um, her phone, her AirPods, anything electronic. I know AirPods, she can't really do much with it. But still, I have her put all her electronics in my room before she goes to bed. The reason why I do that, I do notice, well, let me tell you something. When I grab my daughter's phone in the morning for some reason or another to move it away or something, and yes, I do check it um, often, I would notice sometimes that she would have text messages from friends in the middle of the night or one in the morning, three in the morning. And I was like, what? why are these kids still awake at this time with their phones? And I was thinking like the parent is either okay with it 
which I don't see a parent being okay in during the week, you know, um, laying their kids on the phone until like two, three in the morning. But where the like, parents are not aware that their kids are on the phone, they're assuming that the kids are asleep, you know, and they're not. And so I was like, this is a reason why I make sure that the phones, the iPads, well, another story. One time, uh, my husband was out of town and I was asleep. And my husband um, got to the hotel very late and he always checks cameras and everything that we have at home. And we have a camera on the living room and our daughter was playing with the switch. And it was like one or two in the morning. My husband called me. He's like, uh, one of our kids is playing with the switch. And I got up running. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I couldn't sleep. And some electronics, they can get into things that they're not supposed to. And some that can't. But still, it's electronics is something that we need to really, really be on top of, in my opinion, with the kids. It has to be. And... So that's one of the things that I really thought about is keeping phones away at night. Getting them in at night, keeping them there at night with you in your room. And then in the morning, give it back to them if that's what you like to do. But that's something that I did. And also, I limit social media. So in one of the podcasts that I did before, I did share that my daughter is not allowed to have any social media on her phone. I have an old phone in my room where she can check her Instagram and she has to be there in my room where I can see and it has a limit. It has a limit of an hour a day. She can't just sit and be there for an hour. She can come back, back and forth and check on the phone. And it has a limit of an hour. Sometimes she'll earn a little bit more, you know, or if she's not getting good grades, then we'll take it away. Depend on how she's doing. Um, phones in general, it's, you know, as an adult... I don't know about you, but I get up in the morning and sometimes the first thing I do, I don't even say good morning to my husband. I get the phone and I go scroll into my social media. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, it's like, good morning, everybody. And then I go into my phone or who called me or what's going on in the world. And and as adults, we have a hard time. Imagine kids like they really, really want to get into their phones and check their social media and their text messages and their friends and everything. So for me, it took me a while to understand all these things. Obviously, I'm I'm a new teenager parent. Um, but yes, it is, at least for me, like if you have any tips or anything, send them my way. I want to make sure that I am being the best parent with all this social media stuff. I don't want to be too strict, but I don't want to be too lenient. So that's one of the things that I do with my kids. And I started reading more about, you know, uh, parenting relationships and, and tips, right? And one of the things that I was having a hard time is remembering that I was the parent. I didn't like my daughter to get mad at me. When she would get mad at me, it would be really hard. So if she wanted something... I would give in because I wanted to see her happy. So when we started putting restrictions and parental controls and all that in her phone, she wasn't happy. 
and she was pretty upset because she wasn't used to that. And that was my our fault, you know, as parents, that we assumed that she wasn't going to start using other things that she's not supposed to, in my view, because I don't know. I think social media is really difficult on children. It's difficult for adults. Imagine how it is for kids, right? And so I sometimes you have to take the tough decisions and remember, okay, I, they're going to get mad, but they need to have boundaries. Um, also, one of the things that I am guilty of is that if my daughter does something that she's not supposed to, I want to storm in the room and tell her what she did wrong. And a lot of the time when I am mad, I cannot be the best parent I can. So I rely on this a lot on my husband because he can be very calm. He can think things through. He can listen. He understands. And he tries to come up with a plan to do better as parents so we can help our children be better. You know, my daughter was having a hard time with one of her classes and she was not getting a very good grade and I was getting pretty upset about it. And I was like, no, you have to get a good grade or I'm going to take the phone away. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And my husband was like, you know what? How can we help you? How can we make sure that you get a better grade? Do you need tutoring? Do you need more time in the morning? Do you need, you know, he started coming up with all these ideas and I, I felt like the horrible parent. I felt like I'm the, was the parent that was all upset and I wasn't being helpful. So one of the things that I have learned is that first I need to sit down and think, how can I help my daughter? Because the whole purpose as parents is not to be punishing or, you know, getting upset at our children is to help them grow so they can become better people and they can learn and I think that by taking a step back and thinking through before talking to your kid your child your teen I think it's better and it's something that I have had to learn lately doing that kids are difficult I don't even know how I had four of them but anyways (laughs) Talk less and listen more. I tend to, when I am upset, I am the parent and I want to just give them a lecture, right? And a lot of the times we do have to listen. We have to give our children, our teen, the respect they need uh, to to listen to them and see what's going on. That's how they feel safe. That's how they become more open and they talk because... They always say, everywhere I read, you have to be able to communicate with your teen. And when you talk more and listen less, how are you going to understand what's going on with your teen and what they need from you? I always knew, listening to other parents, that teenagers are hard, but I wasn't. I was a very easy teenager when I was young. My mom says that I was the easiest one. Um, whatever my mom wanted, I would do. I would I, I would um, get the best grades I could. I'd try to get as less problems as I could. Whatever my mom needed, I said yes. But And so in a way, I expected that that was going to happen. So every time my sister would 
complain of her teen or my other sister would complain of her other teen, I'm like, you know what? That's not going to happen to me. I have great communication with my daughter and that's not going to happen. And it always happens because no matter how good your teenager is, you need to listen and you need to understand what they're saying, what they need and put boundaries. You know, even though my teenager, she's a good girl, she still needs boundaries. Sometimes she'll leave her bathroom a mess in the morning or she will be late to class. She loves to be late to class. And so I have to be telling her, this is what's going to happen. If, you, if you're if you not going to do this, then this is the consequence. It's not about punishing your child, but to put consequences. Um, a lot of the times, because we're mad, we will just say, put a punishment and then we won't go through with it because then we'll cool down and think, oh, never mind. We're, we're, this is not going to work out. So something that I have learned with therapy, therapy is amazing, and reading is that we put consequences. If you, if the, the constant struggle is the bathroom not being clean, say if your bathroom is not clean, then you're not going to go out with your friends after school. And then make sure that you follow through. And so your teen will always know what to expect. If you get an F, then you're not going to be able to go to the next two parties that you get invited. Or something that you can actually follow through. And that it's not like a punishment, but more of a consequence for what they have done. And that actually, I think it's worked very good with my teenager uh, my 11-year-old, you know, she's another story, but I don't know if because she's just has a different character or is it because she hasn't really gone to the teenagers. But um, one of the things that I always tell my husband, because I don't not want to, uh, I always tell my daughter, this is what I expect from you. Um, I expect you to get good grades. I expect you to make sure that you clean your bathroom. I always put expectations. And that way, I'm not setting, setting them up for failure. Like, my 11-year-old, she won't always remember that she has karate. And even though I'm trying to have her be responsible and get ready and say I'm ready to go, at the same time, she is 11 years old. And I cannot expect her to always remember. So what I try to do is that in the morning, I will let her know you have this going on today. Make sure that you are ready by this time. And I will put in here in their reminders. And I know that a lot of parents are like always saying, okay, this is what I need to do. And they constantly remind or they do not remind because they expect the child to know what to do. I am. One of the things that I have learned is light reminders, but also having them accountable when they do not do what is expected from them. I know it sounds extremely complicated sometimes, or maybe I'm just learning. <laughs> and a lot of you parents already do this, or you don't think it's necessary. It's just, I was, those are one of the things that I would want to know um, myself. is like how to put boundaries on our kids I don't like to be one of those parents that I'm always like getting upset or screaming or like I like to be as positive as I can with them. 
because I want them to remember their mom being a good mom and not being, oh, my mom was screaming and getting mad at me all the time. Th that's not what I want. I want my, my kids to remember me as the, like I remember my mom. My mom, she was very lenient, by the way, but she was always this happy and she is this happy, amazing lady. And that's what I want my kids to remember about me is, you know, setting boundaries, but at the same time, you know, being the best mom that I can. I also, one of the things that I read is that be real. Um, and I do this a lot with especially my oldest. I always tell her, I'm learning with you. I will not know everything and I will make mistakes and I will um, say things wrong and I am sorry. Like I am trying, I'm learning with you, I'm researching, I'm asking, I'm going to therapy. I want to make sure that I am the best mom I can and I'm going to be patient with you and you have to be patient with me as a mom. Um, I think that that is very important for your child to know that you're also human and you're not perfect and you will do mistakes because then we have this concept that our parents are perfect and when they do something wrong, uh, we, it happened to me when I was young. I always thought my parents are perfect, my parents are perfect and then when they would do mistakes, I would get upset and they were doing their best as parents. So I try to make sure that my children know that I am learning to be a parent and I am going to make mistakes and I am going to try to do better every single day. Like my daughter was telling me today, hey mom, she well, she doesn't really know what I do on my phone. And a lot of the times it has to do with my job or I read on my phone or yes, yeah, sometimes I get into social media. And my daughter was telling me, I was trying to make, arrange my schedule because uh, we want to travel to Mexico. And so she told me, mom, why are you so much on the phone? And I thought, you know what? I had all morning to do this. Um, and I need to make sure that when my kids are here, they don't see that I'm on the phone all the time. Even though I might have a good reason why, they don't always understand. My my daughter's seven years old and I could explain everything to her and she, the only thing she would get is mom is on the phone. So arrange time to make sure that I am accessible to them at all times. So this is one of the things that I talk to my oldest daughter. All my kids are in school and so I have time during the day. I have I work from home, but I always thought, what if I get a job outside of my home? You know, it would be great for me to get out and that would help with my anxiety just to get out of the house and, and have a, a job, you know, and get to talk to other adults. But then my oldest daughter is like, mom, what if I need you? What if I forget something? What if I need you to come bring me a book? What if I get sick and, and you're not there? So for my daughters, especially like my oldest right now, me being accessible to them at all times is extremely important for them. So even though I struggle sometimes working from home because I don't really talk to anybody, like I do chat with people and um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. And so it does get to me sometimes being at home alone. But at the same time, I am accessible to my kids whenever they need me. So I know a lot of parents do not have that ability 
But if you do, take it, especially when the kids are small. It's so important to have a flexible, you know, job to be able to, especially as mom. I know dads are are much harder to have that. But me being able to be home and accessible to my kids is extremely important to me. Or if if you can just be a stay-at-home mom, you know, it'd be great. Not everybody has the opportunity or the ability to be a stay-at-home mom. There's moms that you know, they just can't stay home or they um, have a harder time staying home. And that's a really valid. I've known people that are better moms being at work and juggling their time with their kids than if they would be at home. So I totally respect that. Another thing that I have learned a lot from my husband is lighting up, just being happy, playing with our kids, joking about serious things, Sometimes not putting that serious tone in them and just, you know, playing around with them, especially with our teen to make it less stress, it would be great. So every time that we have a serious talk with one of our kids, we always try to like end up with a joke or with a smile or with the kiss, something that will make that talk be positive instead of being just negative. And I think that is extremely important. And that I've learned so much from my husband because he always tries to, you know, make sure that our kids are happy. And for her, for him, you know, playing around and joking around, it's it's amazing, you know. And, and I love that. I want to make sure that we... As parents, do the best we can. Um, I have four kids and I'm still learning. And I share all these, you know, tips. And it's not because I am a perfect parent because I'm not. I am have so much to learn. And I always learn from so many of you. That, you know, a lot of my friends, uh, people that listen to this podcast that send me, you know, great feedback. I want to make sure that I am sharing what I feel that other parents should know, not because I want to change your way of thinking, but just tips here and there that might help you um, in your day-to-day life with your kids. If you have any feedback and or any tips for me, it would be great, especially because right now with my 11-year-old, she likes to she's a fighter. <laughs> she's not as quiet. My oldest is She's more quiet when I talk to her, she'll listen. And I don't know if her mind, she just wanders off. I don't know. But my second oldest, she tends to fight. And I don't like fighting with her. I want to make sure that I have a better connection with her. And I, well, that's one of the things I'm struggling with right now as a mom is being a better mom to my 11-year-old because she has this different character, this different I don't know, like she's a different child. And even though I love the way that she is, I think that I need to do better as a mom to understand her and guide her. Because for me, that's why we're here for as parents is to guide our children, not to judge them, to love them, guide them, give them the tools that they need so when they grow up, they can be good people and and good parents. And anyways, I thought this was a a great topic and like I said if you have any feedback or anything let me know I would love to learn more 
Um, and thank you everybody for listening to my podcast and have a great night or morning whenever you listen to it. Bye.